Iowa everywhere. Sage Rosenfels, Brent Bloom. Heard and, heard and viewed exclusively across the world, only on Iowa Everywhere. And a happy Wednesday, November 30th. This is the Rosenbloom Podcast. Back with you. Sage Rosenfels off a trip from the West Coast in Portland. Saw you're out there watching the Cyclones play in the Phil Knight Invitational. Did you meet Bill Walton? First question. I did not beat Bill, Wal- Bill Walton or Phil Knight. You did not. No, that was my second question. Though I was very close to them, uh, actually. Um, Bill was doing his announcing not too far away. And then I, so let, let me tell the big story. I went to Los Angeles to see my son first weekend of uh, the Thanksgiving 10 days, basically. And then flew up on Tuesday where my sister lives in Portland uh, for sort of a Rosenfels get together. Gotcha. Um, pretty much everybody flew in for it. Uh, and, and so uh, we had a great time. It's a great weekend. Portland's a beautiful city, especially this time of year. Of course, gray and rainy, but we had a couple sunny days as well. Well, it just so happens I'm there and I get a text from our great Chris Williams. Of course. That, hey, I, I uh, hear you're in Portland. You know, I'm up here calling games uh, uh, for this Phil Knight thing. I'm like, I have no idea there's a basketball tournament going. Oh, so you didn't, you, didn't, the, you had no idea there was a connection? No, <laughs> no idea this basketball game. I thought you were a planner, Sage. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, anyway, so I end up getting tickets to the, I guess, the semifinal game. I'm, I'm trying to think Friday night, Friday, yeah. yep. Friday night game. Um, a whole bunch of us went. Uh, of course, there's about 2,500 people probably in this fairly big arena, probably 12 or 14,000 or 15,000 old NBA arena next door to the Moda Center, which is where the Trailblazers uh, play now. And went to this game and, and I bought nice seats uh it was great behind the basket and close to the team and my sister's a disability so it was nice to like sort of be down the floor and have us all see and i knew the place was not going to be full these holiday things are always sort of more for tv than anything and so the second night we i bought the cheapest tickets in the house and we walked or it's a sunday sunday night night. so then we we walked down uh of course and and we're sitting in like the eighth row it's me my girlfriend my brother-in-law we're just sitting there, the three of us watching this game in the eighth row, and their warm ups are going on, and there's nobody there. There's 500 people there, maybe a thousand. Like, there's nobody there, and yeah. and there's no one on the floor. And I'm like, and there's there's like two kids sitting, two guys sitting there on the floor, or whatever, a couple, I guess. And I was like, I think I said, you know what? I said, I said to my girlfriend, I said, you know what's stopping us from going on to the floor? Courage. Courage is the only <laughs> thing that's going to prevent us from going down there. And so. Her and my brother-in-law are like, ah, we're good here. And I'm like, I'm not. If I can sit on the floor, it's a different feel. You know, it's a different oh thing. Gosh. Be on the sideline of a football game and on well the floor of a NBA basketball game or a college basketball game, especially a college basketball game. There's going to be like two sweet 16 teams, uh, two great coaches, intense coaches. Um, so I go down there. Well, actually, I asked the, the, the sort of the security guard, security guard. Yeah. Is there any, um, is there any I, ushers I go, hey, here? I go, I said, hey, the three of us, and he had just come from the floor. So he's the one looking up at the stands. I said, hey, the three of us down there on, on the on the floor, what do you think? He looks at me and he goes, you guys are the least of my problems. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I go down to the floor, sit down in like the third seat. And I'm, so I'm sort of thinking like my, my girlfriend and brother-in-law are going to come sit next to me, right? So I, I go to the third seat in. 
and they stay back there. They're not, they're, they're like, the courage? Mm, we'll see how this goes. Where's yeah. the courage, right? And so the guy just says to me, he goes, if anyone comes here, you just have to leave. And I was like, oh, absolutely. So I'm sitting there by myself. Then this entourage comes by Phil Knight and the crew come by and sit like right down the way. <laughs> Going yeah, no, there, there's 1200 people now in the stands at this point uh, uh teams warming up yukon right in front of me i'm taking videos of all the nike shoes they're all wearing because this thing is just nike'd out of course all the iowa state everyone's wearing nike um and uh, uh then a, a, an iowa state father and son who live in portland uh, who have traveled to a lot of games, it seems like. They came down and sat in those two seats next to me. Uh, and then my, what ended up happening is my girlfriend and brother-in-law came the second half because there was two seats to the right of me. So I, we actually got to see, a, Very cool. of course, a great basketball game, uh, a really two great games, North Carolina, Iowa State. That was so cool. And then uh, obviously the UConn loss, but really, really fun experience. Very random. And just not too often you get to, you know, I don't know what my tickets were, 50 bucks a piece or something to sit on the floor of a, a major major college basketball game in an nba stadium and phil knights and there and bill walton is is right around there too and uh but i'm sure at home it is a much different experience because it's just weird being in a big stadium it is with like so few people I, there i would say but, I, i've talked about this before actually the best thing to do as a fan is to go to those thanksgiving tournaments it's way better mm. than going to the ncaa tournament or even the big 12 tournament yes. because nobody goes and yes. so when you go i mean maui's different right because maui's a gym of Two two thousand people. Portland's not too hard to get to. Yeah. Southwest flight, you know, to Denver or whatever it ends but, up being. But, but, but your access at the arena, at the hotel, I mean, you you're right next to these guys. That's a great well, example. Well, you like that access at the hotel. I do know that. I'm more at the arena, but you're a sort of the hotel guy. No, you you and you. I've been in Kansas City with Sage, where he's just holding court at the Marriott. <laughs> You know, sort of buying, buying white Russians for everybody, or should I say, I people, are, that, I? people are buying white Russians for Sage. <laughs> did anybody say? Did anybody recognize uh, you in Portland? And say, hey, that's Sage Rosenfels. No, I don't think so. Really? Definitely, Phil Knight looked at me as he walked by. He didn't know who I was. I mean, he's dealt, dealt with a million athletes over the years. I, I did say to my brother-in-law, I said. You know, I've never paid him any money, but he paid me ten thousand dollars. <laughs> so you had a shoe contract? Uh, the, the, yeah, at, at uh, I had Reebok, Nike, and Under Armour. I believe I was the first Under Armour quarterback. Really? Um, how did, how they does... offered me the mo- they offered me twenty thousand dollars to wear Under Armour shoes, and it was the first year they came out with them. And no one's gonna you never want to go with a new shoe company because the shoes are always crap the first year or two. Right. Uh, but Brady went with them, I think. Also, maybe he went the next year. But they, they, I was like, send me some shoes. And they did, and I liked them. So I was like, you know what? I can do this for 20 grand. I don't really <clears> – <throat> I thought it was sort of cool. Under Armour at the time was like this growing into the shoe brand. And Nike, the most I ever got was like 10000 cash and 10000 in gear. Huh. Uh, so you go on this website and you have you get all this gear. So usually it was like five grand or even three grand when I was younger. Um, and they don't even do that anymore. I think only a few players actually get paid – uh, to wear shoes and to be sponsored by Nike, Adidas, whoever it might be. Obviously, uh, the Sean, a, a different, a different uh, topic. The um, Sean Taylor Memorial. He that he was sponsored by three different players at the same time. I'm not sure if you saw that, but we also saw that sort of controversy in uh, in DC. Dan Snyder. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. But they he had a he had an, uh, uh, the 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 mannequin that he was on had a Nike jersey, Reebok pants, and Adidas huh. shoes. Just like, what is going wow. on here? Like, yeah. I, I mean, how can you screw up something? But yeah, it's, yeah it's, anyway, uh, yeah, usually about five and five. But yes, the most I think Nike I ever got from Nike was 10 and 10. 
And believe me, though, I actually rarely used that. Uh, I buy some stuff from that store, the Nike store, the but Nike my store. family members um, around, they really loved it. They really loved getting bags and shoes. And, do, you get, do, you get and taxed, do you get taxed on that? Yes. Like a, okay. Yes, you do. But you can also, I, I believe it was like you could write it off too if you could, uh, the portion that you felt were like workout clothes. Mm. And then it'd sort of be more of a wash. Because then it's your, <laughs> gotcha. That's. <laughs> That's awesome. Listen, That's... accounting in the NFL and counting really life in general, once you, things start to get really complicated, or it's pretty funny to you know try to describe to people. Yeah, that, that's an expense. And everyone has these LLCs out there where they expense all these things. Yeah. I know there's a Seinfeld yeah. episode. It's like, yeah, we'll just we'll just, just write it off. Just like, write it off. Just write it off. It's like corporations are doing it all the time. You just write it off. Like, what does that even mean? You know, you just write everything off. So. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Wow, State man, you are just a trap. But you're back in Omaha today. So. Short podcast. Back in Omaha today, today but yeah, short podcast. Back in Omaha today. We've got about 30 minutes. Uh, up to Minneapolis this weekend. Daughter okay. has a dance competition, or really it's like a dance uh, convention up there. Uh, so I'll be. Do you fly or do you drive? Oh, drive for sure. Okay. I love the drive in the Midwest. Of course, right. now if it's icing, snowy, which is probably a 50 50 shot, it's going to be something like that. But uh, I'd rather drive than I'm more in control. I have my car. Fair. Uh, and um, more, you know, I can stop in Ames if I want to, you know, on the way up there or something. I've always liked doing that. But I'll drive. And then the following weekend, taking my daughter skiing out in, uh, in Colorado, get some fresh powder out there. What? She does a lot of dance. And so I'm trying to have some other things that she can uh at least at least try in her in her youth and be exposed to that's a big big thing for me as a father is trying to expose my kids and she hasn't uh, skied for like five years um and then after that's gonna be omaha and i go to austin a lot it's where my girlfriend uh, uh has a spot down there so i'll go down there she there comes go. up here it works out pretty well uh not a bad place to be in the winter time so um yeah i'm, I'm a traveling man but it is nice to be home and and, have you, and and I have uh, did some shelves behind me. Which, I see uh, that. Tried, tried to make it a little bit a little bit nicer. Do you claim the Washington Commanders? Or are you always going to be a Redskin? Um, I see your Redskins helmet. The Washington racial slurs. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. the the uh, the red the the racial slur helmet uh, is actually <laughs> it's from the throwback season. Oh, so this I like is my that. second year there. It was okay. like their fiftieth anniversary. I so think, are these? Stork- are these game used helmets? This is a game used helmet. Yeah, nice. this helmet was actually used in Osaka, Japan, of all places. I started the first ever preseason game there, um, uh, or I started a, a, a preseason game over in Osaka uh, when Steve Spurrier was the the head coach. There you go. And so they, I had that for a short amount of time. Yeah, the journeyman back in the day. Who are your? Uh, so I'm trying to think. So that'd been Washington. What 2001, 2002? Who are your receivers? 2001 was Rod Gardner. He was a first-round pick in my yep. class. Uh, Fred Smoot was the second-round uh, pick, and he ended up being a really good player, yep. too. Yep, Mississippi State. Um, Rod didn't have a great career uh, specimen uh, of a receiver. And then Michael Westbrook, the old Colorado yeah. receiver, who I believe, yep. I think he caught the, the he Hail did. Mary he did. against Michigan. Yep. Uh, he was the other wide receiver. Um, man, he was a piece of work. In a good way or just a lot? Uh, he was a lot, a lot of Lamborghinis, I think he owned 200 suits. He spent all his money. I don't, he's one of those guys. It was, and he, and he had a hard time lining up in the right formation and taking coaching. Too worried about this. That's why why Waco Westbrook, uh, uh, scouting reports for you. Uh, And then the next year when Spurrier came in, it was, we designed Warfel. We had Matthew, Shane Matthews, uh, uh, Patrick Ramsey, the first round pick. So I was like the odd man out. I was just like. Trying to, and my, you know, people would always say, you don't play for just one team, you're playing for all of them. So don't get worried about the one team, just play well when you get a chance. And 
that was like sort of my mindset in training camp or just like play well and, and I'll make it somewhere in the NFL. That's and, awesome. uh, and I'm playing my way out of there, which was nice. And, Going to um, but the receivers were, uh, Riddell Anthony, yep. Florida guy. Um, I can't think of the, we had a little fast guy who was also a Florida guy. We also had Chris Doring, who was a Florida wide receiver. Of course, Rod Gardner was on the team. Um, uh, Kevin Lockett had, oh, Kevin Lockett, Tyler Lockett's dad, uh, Kansas State family. They were, he was a receiver my first year also. He was our slot guy. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much the receivers on that squad. And then I went down to Miami at North Turner and Ricky Williams and Chris Chambers. Chris uh, Chambers. Yeah, Chris yeah. Chambers. Big body. Big body. 5'11". But with his legs and his arms. Chris Chambers seven, is only 5'11". 5'11". We actually talked about this. That's uh, crazy. The other day, he was 5'11", but he had a seven-foot wingspan. Yeah, he, was... had, he had a really weird body, really <laughs> short to- torso. No, he wouldn't. You'd like walk behind him in the, in the, like going in the tunnel, right? And you're on your full-on game uniform, and you just look. His legs are just crazy long, and he had this short torso, and then crazy long. Uh, he, I'm sure he could just throw down like three sixties and stuff in high he school. He was a great sleeper value pick in my first fantasy football team. I'm pretty sure. So he he was a guy that, despite being a very talented wide receiver and very talented athlete, went to Wisconsin because, you know, they were a really good football team, Rose Bowl type team. Alvarez had that thing going, but they literally never threw the ball at Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. It was Ron Dane, Ron Dane, Ron Dane. So he was Mm -hmm. sort of a, um, you know, he probably had 30 catches his senior year or something like that, right? You just didn't catch the football. You learn how to block. Um, and then he got to the NFL and of course it's like, oh, this guy, his super talented, he just doesn't have any college numbers. So that's like the difference between just like going off a of guy's stats and actually watching him play football. But he was a second round, uh, draft pick and, um, had a great career. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He played about 10, 10 years or something. I am playing for Kansas city, I think for a little bit at the end, maybe, but, uh, got, he coaches, uh, he trains guys who are coming out trying to be NFL wide receivers or, <laughs> Whatever pressure he does that down in uh, in Florida, and especially between like the season ends and the draft, he's one of those guys training all these guys trying to good money in that now get their shots. Yeah, Yeah. so worth mentioning, we're sponsored by Circus Sports. Did you know I'm going to Vegas next week with I I did I did know that I was Chris Williams, Chris Hassel, Ken Miller, myself holding it down at the Circa Resort Stadium Swim. It's ready for ah, me. Yeah, I we're just going. I think on my I think I just saw it on Twitter this morning. Something flashing through, yeah. and it was like that sports pool. And I'm like, that yeah, it's 24 be, degrees out here. That hey, sounds. It's heated. It's a heated pool. It's only gonna be like 55 in Vegas, but they're not yeah. ready for a. They're not ready for us. That'll be a heck of a time. So appreciate all Circa does for Iowa everywhere. This podcast as well. I'm looking forward to check out the the facilities out there. We're gonna be that there is, stage for the. The Cyhawk basketball game. So the women play Wednesday night and then the men play on Thursday night. We'll have some live specials out in Circa. Just against UNLV or? No, no, or we're the there. We're there. We're there just as Iowa guys, but the, the games are in. Iowa plays Iowa State on for the women oh, on Wednesday yes, and then yes, yes, yes. for the men on Thursday. So That's we're going right. to do some That's live right. programming yeah, from Circa. The big Iowa, Iowa State. Uh, right. Well, we, we won it in football. Let's see if we can't. Uh... Iowa State uh, for is is basketball. our basketball are incredible. This is probably as good as we, we haven't had a run like this. The women have always been consistently good, but they're now literally in the elite category. Yes, um, you know preseason, and obviously they have the players. Um, it's interesting to see that program how far it's come. I go back to high school where a girl from 
Bettendorf. Okay. Uh, and I knew some Bettendorf guys, played travel basketball with them. And, and this girl lived down the street from my buddy, and she went and played basketball at Iowa State. And, you know, I think Fenley had just gotten there. So, like, literally, like, sort of the beginning of that whole run. And of course they were great when I was in school, really fun to really fun games to go to Stacy freeze and Angie, Angie Welly. Yeah. And, Taylor. uh, and they just been consistent overall, but now they're, they're really right up there. And, and that's, uh, they're fun yeah. to watch. They're written. They're really fun to watch. It's a different type of a game. And I, I, it's, it's a really, really great basketball that they play. That women's game is on ESPN too. It'll get monster ratings. I mean, that's a top 10 matchup. Caitlin Clark, Ashley Jones. Yeah. It's going to be big time. Looking forward to that. And the men's game will be super competitive. Iowa just keeps rolling with uh, the other Murray. And then Iowa State, of course, with a great win over North Carolina. Looking forward to that. So speaking of college, I wanted to get your impression because you've been <clears> out of college now for 22 years, Sage, not to, not to age you. But it has changed completely, really, in the last three years. <clears throat> I wanted to get your take on – what the modern landscape in college athletics looks like, in your opinion, as both a former college player, but also an NFL guy who played professionally. What do you think of the portal? What do you think of NIL? What do you think of coaches making $10 million per year, the monster TV revenues now? Let's start with the portal. Because you didn't play until you were, what, in your third year at Iowa State. You redshirted and then... Nah, my fourth. Your fourth year, excuse me. I mean, I, yeah, did, I, my, my first year I redshirted, ran the scout team. Did you ever and think? And I was the backup quarterback for redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore year. Okay. So would you ever have thought of transferring? Because you've already seen Alex Padilla, the backup Iowa quarterback, transfers this week. Iowa State's had a, several players transfer out. This is now a possibility for guys, not only for NIL greener pastures, which is some of it, but I think more than anything, it's playing time and going somewhere else. What, what's your impression of the, the, the legislation and the, the guidelines now? Well, I, I, so for my comparison, uh, I never really thought about transferring because I, I always knew I, I had a long ways to go to develop. And I was a very raw athlete in high school. I was a four or five sport athlete. Football was not, I didn't go to a lot of camps. I was really learning. And so I knew I was going to have to play the, the, the long game. Also, transferring to another Division One school wasn't really a possibility because I didn't want to sit out a year anyway just to be another school. Um, I mean, if I wasn't playing at Iowa State and we were pretty bad, I thought it wasn't like people were looking for the backup quarterback at a school that's pretty bad to come to their school and be the starter. Fair. So um, otherwise, it'd be go go down a level, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go play at Northern Iowa or something. To be honest with you, if I left Iowa State, it'd probably just to go be a regular student somewhere hmm. and just be done with football altogether and just be like, screw it, you know, or go try, try to play basketball somewhere. That was sort of my passion in high school is I just loved basketball. Um, having said that, the rules are different now, of course. You can change without staying out. Uh, you can get paid by other schools. Um, I think that what's interesting is both of those two things individually uh, have their strengths and weaknesses. I, the, the ability to transfer to another school, just like coaches do, seems fair because coaches do it all the time. Sure. doesn't even matter if it's a school in your conference. You can just change schools. So the contracts are sort of one way. Uh, per se, it seems like to me. Players are then sort of locked in no matter how bad the team is or how bad the coaching staff is or how bad the experience is on campus. Maybe they just like realize this is the worst school for me, uh, which happens, happens to a lot of people's kids who aren't playing sports in college. They want to go somewhere else and they sort of can't. Um, yeah, you lose which a year. Sort of, which sort you of, which stunk in the old days. Now yeah. you can. So that's 
seems fair also. Adding money to it, though, which I also think is fair separately, because I do think since coaches are making that much money and the schools are building these things and creating all these other jobs and there's T-shirt companies and all these things that are really profiting off of the labor, the skilled labor of these 18 plus year olds. I think it's fair that they get paid in some way. Um, the combination of all of it is ex extremely scary, um, unless you're Ohio State or uh, uh, you know, one of those schools who truly in Texas, who you, you're going to, you have, they have unlimited, uh, yeah, unlimited amount. So, but what's interesting is it hasn't always worked yet. Doesn't work. It didn't work at Texas A&M. Um, they paid the coach an unbelievable amount of money and they, they obviously pay all these players a lot of money. It seems like there's all these guarantees or whatever. And they, they weren't that successful this year. Um, in the past, the Blue Bloods have always won more games. So how is that going to change? Schools like Iowa State were always development schools, really. We get some athletes, but there was a lot of development into a quality college football player that the NFL wasn't a part of the equation. So I like, how does that change? Yeah. Right. Like, yep. does that, or that's pretty much stay the same. Like does that, the school like Iowa state or, um, or just wherever you were in the, in the pecking order, are you still sort of in that same pecking order? But also on top of it, are there certain schools that have a crazy amount of money who haven't been great football schools and have that brand to hey, say, Hey, if we, we can sort of buy our way into the, into the, 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 the SMU I mean, example. Phil Knight, Phil Knight basically Oregon. did that at Oregon, yes, you know, round in a different way. way. Yep. Right. Otherwise, uh, you know, they weren't, um, you know, a, a blue blood or a, a huge brand like they, as much as they are now. Um, and then even for them, it hasn't bought them crazy sex, sex, successful uh, football consistently, but they are usually pretty good. They've got all the facilities and all the things. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting why a kid goes to a school and why a kid decides to stay and or leave. Now, if it, would up to, if it were up to me, there's short-term money in life and then there's long-term money in life. Um, short-term money is paying the bills, going to do work to pay the bills. Long-term money is going to do work that you're learning so much about something really important to you that in the future, you're going to make a lot of money because of it. Sure. So how I would look at, if I was a player... Some and a, and a team came to uh, any college team and they said, Hey, we're going to give you a hundred thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars or a million dollars to come to our school and we're going to run this offense or defense or special teams. All right. That um, helps us win games. All right. There's that. If someone else came to me and said, Hey, we can't really offer you much money, we can offer you 10,000 or or whatever, but what we can do is offer you four to five years of NFL development, hmm. and when and we're going to watch uh, the Dolphins or uh, uh, Kirk Cousins or uh, these these NFL quarterbacks. Like, what? How do they learn football? So when I leave Iowa State, that I can uh, immediately be on can't uh, you know one of these teams that uses that language and those details and that footwork and i have a chance to make the team whether i'm drafted or undrafted and i could make millions and millions and millions of dollars and actually set up my entire family and have a four-year head start I, I that to sure. me sounds interesting to me that to me sounds like you know what I, they may not have the money but they're developing me to be which is what college is for anyway 
colleges for actual colleges and to go to where you make your money. Colleges go to you develop yourself to really it's make your money. Really interesting. Engineering students, yeah. right? I mean, take an Iowa State engineering student and say, hey, we're going to you're, you're smart engineering kid. We're going to have you do this job. You make a little money over the course of college, but it's not going to really help you in that Be a CEO someday. Yeah. CEO of, a, a, of a, some big sure. engineering company. But if I said, hey, you're not going to make any money, but you're going to work on these projects through around Iowa that are building bridges and all these things. And now you start building skyscrapers and Des Moines. Now you're starting to go. Okay, I can see that progress to where I now know how to do that skill, even though I'm just doing it for free. That to me seems um, long term better for for my career, my future. That's an interesting point. The question is, do 17 year olds, do they have that ability to think through that? You know, as they're as they're making these decisions, I think some do. You, you would be because I'm in this world now. I don't know how much it's sold to them. I don't know how much yeah. it's sold to I mean, I think Saban sells it to them. You're going to get an NFL coach in here. You're going to get an NFL coach. He hires NFL coaches. He hires, uh, right? I mean, Sarkeesian was there, and he had been in the NFL. Like, so, he, so he tries to get NFL. He's, of course, was an NFL coach and his NFL-style coaching. Sure. So I think he tries to do that, uh, which does help him get the best players. So that could be actually a way to differentiate if you're, let's say, a program doesn't have monster resources. But if you could get the NFL influence, maybe you can then sell that to your guys of, hey, we're, we are an NFL type program. You know, this is in long term, right? NFL money or NBA money is going to be way, way more than anything you can get at NIL in college. Yeah. Well, and, and, and imagine, um, uh, you know, basketball is different than football. But if, you know, I think it helped Fred Hoiberg, his NFL knowledge of the game. NBA, even though he had never recruited and done these other things, but he knew how to win NBA basketball games. And these are the best players in the world. And look how many guys he got in the NBA now. That's Cyclones, a, right. Yeah. So there was something to that with him. It's like, hey, there's there's just something different because in the NFL, it is all football all the time. There's no class. Uh, there is um, it is there's there's there's, there's no offseason rules, really. Right. There's summer. There's also just the the knowledge compounds on itself. Right. So. The coaches that were coached 25 years ago, who coached for 30 years, they passed down that knowledge to younger coaches. And then they, over time, already have that knowledge, but then they're building upon it by learning from other people. And the knowledge is because it's all football all the time. Yeah. There's just not nothing all these else. other things. There's nothing else. And hmm. that just changes the dynamic completely of the complexity of the NFL game. When I got the NFL, God bless Dan McCarney. And God bless Steve Loney. I didn't know jack shit about football. <laughs> I didn't. I know some like basic stuff, but really like the details of, of fronts and, and protections. We made protections really easy. And then you get the NFL, and like, all oh, the protections. Yeah, because if the quarterback doesn't know that a guy is free or a lineman doesn't know that some linebacker or whatever, it literally can end your season hmm. when the quarterback gets hurt uh, or you have a sack fumble at the wrong time. So you're always, always thinking worst possible scenario. What happens if? And I think in college, there's just not enough time to uh, to do that. Right? Just not enough time with the players to go through all of those, um, uh, all of those uh, uh, details, and that's that's a big challenge for college football. Yeah, I mean, 
you just throw in recruiting is a huge part of a, a coach's time and efforts. Huge. And you just you just take that out in the NFL, right? And you're almost just dedicated completely to strategy and mechanics and. It's and all learn. strategy. Yeah. I mean, does Mike McDaniel look like he played high level football? <laughs> no, he does not. Right? No, he, Mike McDaniel is a nerd. Yeah. He is. My girlfriend talks about like yeah. she's a nerd. You know, super I, smart, right? Raising my super hand. Super yeah. You're a nerd, hundred yeah. percent, right? Um, it's it's not about. Uh, there's a certain time and element for like you put your will on the other person. You you're tougher than them. Or you're just gonna battle harder. But in the NFL, everyone's battling for millions and tens of millions of dollars are on the line. So yeah. everyone is really going pretty uh, damn full throttle. It's the strategy that really helps separate teams. Of course, having a few extra great players or a quarterback, but the strategy uh, is because you just have so much time to work on. And players aren't there for three or four years. They're there for 10 or 15. Yeah, you're just like, Think about how much football Tom Brady knows. Right. You're always, I mean, Drew Brees would talk about uh, uh, just getting an edge all the time. That was like, I worked out with him a couple of times and his trainer was this way. It was like, whatever you're doing every day, a little edge. What's mm-hmm. a little edge? What's well, a little bit more, a little bit here, a little bit there. Every day, a little bit edge on everyone else. Just a little bit edge. I'll always be getting the edge. And that builds up over time. And you just can't do it in three or four years. God, but you can do it in 15. That's... And then as your young wide receiver, you got to show up and you got to try to learn as much as what Drew Brees knows in year 15. Right. And also yeah. they're giving yeah. you sorts of knowledge. And so you're just going to quickly uh, Pick it up. Uh, get a lot better yeah. and learn yeah. so much more. And every Every single college player that plays in the NFL after the rookie year would, would be like, man, I wish I would have known all this stuff when I'm back to college. I did it when I went to Iowa State, and I was like, man, I wish I would have known all this stuff when I went back to high school. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like reading the defensive end on the veer and like boot, bootlegging out and just you know running for my life, right? It's, 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 uh, it's, it's the least detailed. The worst is probably like Pop Warner. No offense to all the dads out there, but – you know, uh, that's you usually don't know that much about football if you're coaching Pop Warner, but – the the highest level of knowledge i compare it to like brain surgery all right there's all sure. different levels of healthcare out there right you've got basically from a a, a nurse uh, or even like a nurse that's like in basically just training in high school yeah you know yeah right all the way up to like the top brain surgeon out there and i have brain surgery i don't really care about the culture so much the nfl Can culture is can yeah? Do you want to? Uh, am I the best there is? Do I have the smartest person? The culture matters in the in the in the room, um, but in the pro game at the highest level, it's how smart is the surgeon and the other people around that surgeon. It's the highest highest level, right? Um, but 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 it, and I sort of compare that to football. You know, I mean, most college coaches because of the recruiting and because of all the sort of the way it goes and and really exposure a lot of times. Um, you don't get that like brain surgery level. And that's just sort of like the, uh, that's, just, that's just sort of the way it goes. You that, know, it's, so, it's, that's where these sports feel so different when you watch them on television. I want to ask you one more thing, but you raise a good point that I'd like to comment on. I believe for the reasons you just said, Iowa and Iowa State will still be fine, quote unquote, fine in this new NIL, NIL world because the opportunity to play is still important. In, yes. order, to, in order to maximize your high-end potential, you still have to get on the field. And unless there's scholarship limitations that get erased, which I don't think will happen, being a developmental program is not a bad word. That could actually be used to your advantage. Now, the It's a threat- great word. I mean, I, I think of it as like, like Butler basketball 
There's there something about guys not getting the premier players and actually developing for four years and playing a lot for three or four years. The team ends up, ends up being really competitive because guys aren't constantly transferring um, and going other places. And it's like other schools that have the elite programs almost, they have a harder time because everyone's going to the NBA right away. Yep. And it's just they, hard to keep guys together in that, in that culture. Uh, uh, for a long time, like by the, way, the culture is important. It's not the same as, as brain surgery, but it's extremely important. It's eighteen to twenty-two year old kids uh, and learning how to be. It's sixteen, yeah. seventeen-year-old kids you're trying to recruit. So how to become an adult and be a responsible person? It, it's extremely important. I don't. But in the NFL, it's you've already gone through that process, and now it's like these are men. That's the first thing they teach you is like these are grown men. These are this is these are businessmen up here. We're yeah. making business decisions every single day. And it doesn't mean that people aren't amateur or, or, or idiots up in that league either, but there's just, it's just, it's the cream of the crop and it ends up being, I think, having the best strategy coaching. I think the one issue in college athletics that they got to figure out one way or another, I, I, I'm okay with the transfer situation. The, the problem is there are no quote unquote contracts. And so that I would, I'll, I'll call it, it's not fair to him, but I'll call it the Tyrese Hunter situation. It's going to be tough for the Iowa state and the Iowa's of the world with the resources they have, if Texas and Auburn and AM are able to pluck your best players every year. Now, yeah. you can still make the business I mean, it's decision. wild. It's wild yeah. for, for Kansas to literally be like, oh, we you you are hard to play against. We're, we want We're going to have you. Them. We want you now. And they've done that. They just got Texas Tech's, one of Texas Tech's best players. He's now, McCuller is now starting for them. The point is. I do, I do hate this about, this is what I hate about this current situation. I love that kids can transfer, but like it just, this doesn't, this is where it all sort of is, is going to end up. And this is where I, it feels not good to me. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a way to either you, you put in the one-time transfer. I don't know. I mean, there's something you can tinker with, with the transfer rule, but transfer it, once and that's it. it. Yeah. Might, that would, that would be it. Because yeah. the other thing that is happening is there's an equilibrium where, yeah. And obviously it's a good example. You lose Tyrese Hunter, but you get Jaron Holmes from St. Bonaventure and that's a step up for, you know, for him. Yeah, and, and there's so, great players in these other conferences, absolutely. you know, especially in basketball. I mean, there's really good players that you see in the AAC or these other non-sort of power five schools. They're like, oh, that guy's a – he's a big he 12 guy. Yep. He's a whatever guy, right? And, um, again, like the – I don't know. The, the cream only can rise to the top, to the top. so yep. much, I feel like. And it, 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 we're, we're, so I think Iowa State can steal from some of these smaller – and I think playing in front of – you know, um, uh, a sold out Hilton Coliseum or a sold out Jack Trice has huge value to these really good players from smaller schools. Good point. And I think even that has more value than sometimes the financial aspect of going to a school that may give you a little money, but no one's really going to the games. Uh, and that, yeah, I think I, that's where Iowa State has does have uh, our crowd and our fans do make a difference in this whole scheme. And I would say that for Iowa too. And that's, that's a fact. I deal, I'm in this world daily. It's a fact that Fan support still matters because, I mean, they're they're human beings. They're not just there for the paycheck. Well, are you last thing for you? I, mean, I know you got to run. Are you resentful at all that you couldn't make money when you were in college and some of these? <laughs> I wasn't I'm... good enough to make money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, we're four and seven my junior year, and I was just a backup quarterback before that. And um, you know, my senior year, you know, we weren't good till the end, and I'm off to the NFL. So it's like I didn't really have an opportunity. Yeah, sure. Uh, for that, but um. There was something nice about a simpler time, you know, um, when I came in that freshman year and it was Ben Bruns was my roommate. 
and and Ryan Harklaw and Josh Rank and uh, Reggie Hayward and James Reed. Reggie was actually the class after me. Darren Davis is in my class. But there is this thought: we're going to be together. We're yeah, going to be together for, four for like years. the next four years yeah. or four and yeah. a half. We're going to be together, and there is. That's interesting. That's like family and mm-hmm. culture and guys really caring about each other. And, and um, I don't know how that is in today's world with with social media and with this type of stuff, how you have that connection or is everyone just sort of out for themselves? Because in the NFL, everyone's out for themselves. It Everybody is. Knows and it. and yeah. you're playing as hard as you can for this team. And as soon as you're a free agent or whatever, you're going to go play as, as as hard as you can for the next team because that's where it's it's a, there's paychecks there and that is hmm. what is a change um in that and and but the, the the difference is the nfl has all sorts of rules there's like no rules right now in college football the nfl is loaded with salary cap rules if your owner owns a car dealership they can't just give you a car hmm. it would count against the salary cap right so yeah. like there's very precise rules up there and now and and so that actually keeps this and whole crazy tampering. for-profit thing yep. tampering um it keeps it reasonable right uh but there's like no rules in college football and it's it's scary it really is but i tell you what right now uh you know for the mo- for seven years six to seven years campbell's done a great job at iowa state um we'll see how this nil stuff affects uh, how he can recruit because that's one of his specialties is bringing really really good players the fact that we can have you know uh uh number one defense in the conference and there's going to be a lot of nfl guys on this team um to come to ames iowa we couldn't do that a long time ago uh, and that fan support and the stadium and the facilities oh, all of that has and, and matt's done a great job bringing players to iowa state and the basketball doesn't seem to be too phased by it either they seem to be yeah they might lose a guy but they might gain two uh and that might be better Right. Losing a great point guard and getting two, two really, ones. really good, a three and a five, you know, might be uh, might be even better for the football team from a smaller conference or something. So um, I think Otzenberger is a great coach, great recruiter, loved his intensity. Um, that was a fun, fun game yeah. to go to the other day. I'm looking forward to watching well, this Iowa State basketball team this year. Well, and with that, it's going to be a fun winter in the state. I and mean, there's a lot of good basketball, men's and women's side. Drake's got a great program, both men's and women. You and I has been impressive, too. So should be fun. Well, Sage. Yeah. Get running, my friend. We'll we'll talk to you next week. Good stuff. Sounds good. All All right. right. See you. Iowa everywhere.